And welcome back to the greatest wax on tracks. It's KU. Oh, it's a good day to sing in the song, and it's a good day for moving along. Yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? Turn my headphones up. Y'all ready? Let's do it. This is all you radio. I mean, look, dude, you think this was an accident? All of this right here? Premeditated, partner. I'm Johnny McKeon. You got nothing on me, right? Nothing. And with me is Mr. Doom and Gloom. Hey, dummy. I'm Sasha Bloom. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. The start of the show. And welcome back to <laughs> Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. What? What? <laughs> what am I doing? Oh, you're good. Oh. <laughs> My headphones are too loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon with me in studio at Mr. Under... Score Bloom. Underscore Bloom. You're pulling out my headphones. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? <laughs> You're too loud? Yeah. Hold on, you pulled out my headphone now. <laughs> you don't need to listen. <laughs> so this is Old Ute Radio. I'm Sasha Bloom. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Underscore Bloom. That over there is Johnny McKeon, who has shut my headphones off. No, the, it's all gone out. <laughs> yeah, I know. None of them work now. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't do anything. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, that's, we're headphoneless now. That's on par for our show. <laughs> I hope all of you listening had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope you're pumped about finals and taking another couple of weeks off here at the University of Utah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can, we, can we go to break real quick? i got to fix this. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna pop some tags Only got $20 in my pocket I'm hunting, looking for a come up And this is awesome And what you know about rocking a little foggy noggin What you know about wearing a fur fox skin I'm digging, I'm digging, I'm digging Right through that luggage, small man's drive Just another man's come up, thinking grand dive Going in and I'm like, I'm not sure Cause right now I'm up and hair stuck Met the good way, you can find me in the ovens I'm not, I'm not sick Take a look. 
And welcome back to Old Ute Radio. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, that was that was a bit of a calamity. <laughs> um, my mic's coming in a little hot. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't so how was your Thanksgiving? My how was your holiday? My Thanksgiving was good. Nice. Do you hear that? Does that sound a little hot too? Okay, sounds, that's a little better. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. I've got a nice usual Ute home in the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, where to begin? So at my apartment complex, my back balcony yeah. looks directly at a dog feces collector waste basket. Really? Like that's my opening view. You have the world's worst apartment. I think so. You really do. Yeah. And so on Thanksgiving, I was by myself, didn't cook, didn't do anything. Yeah. But I'm out on my balcony and this heavy set woman and her dumb little dog walk right next to the waste plate basket yeah. where there's trash bags and the dog defecates all over the grass yeah. within two feet of me. Yeah. And I said, hey, this is my backyard. <laughs> you officially became that, that get off my lawn yes, old man. <laughs> yes. And she looks at me and she puts her palms up to her side and like the shrug, like, what am I supposed to do? Pick it up. And I said, pick it up. She goes, I don't have a shovel. I said, use your hands. <laughs> What'd she do? She ran away. <laughs> you chased the lady <laughs> away from poop? It was so disgusting, bud. Like, I don't have privacy there. I live in a little, like, cave, right? Yeah. Bottom floor, can't really keep your curtains open because everyone can look. Really? Yeah. Do you hate your place? Yeah. Yeah. But I only have three more months that I have to pay, so nice. then I'm out. You got a four-month lease? Six months. Oh. You've been worked. there two months? Yeah. Really? Well, it's November 4th. Wow, This time is the flies. second month. Wow. But yeah, she, she... How do you not have the decency to pick up your dog excrement? I don't know, man. I, like, dogs are stupid. Was it like a, a tiny dog? Oh, yeah, of what's, course. What's always up with big people and tiny dogs? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a control thing, part yeah. of their control. Most obese people are very controlling, in yeah. my general perception of them. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, yeah, we just got our new place. Uh, it's beautiful. We it's we spent about four months looking. That's a heavy pursuit. Yeah, well, we, I hate living at home. I hate living with my parents. Like I love my parents, but I hate living with them. Yeah, you're too old. Yeah, like I'm a grown man. I need my own space. I need my own <laughs> I need office. Need my own toilet. <laughs> yeah, I need my own stuff. You know, and sure. I didn't want just any apartment, just any place. You know, I want a house in Sugar House. You wanted a palace. Yeah. An fu mansion, as yeah. they say. Well, I just want a place where I can hang out at home because I'm a homebody. So I just I prefer to stay at home and I want somewhere comfortable. Sure. <laughs> I finally found it. Two bedroom, one bath, dark hardwood floors. It's a house, but then there's someone else who lives on like So it's um, a duplex. Kind of. It's a house 
duplex. Yeah, I've, they're popular in Sugar House. Yeah, and I love the Sugar House area. It's right by the Dollar Movies, next to the Whole Foods, next to the Barnes & Noble. The three places I go pretty often on weekends. So, like, it's pretty – Is like, that where we find you at yeah. Whole Foods? Whole Foods, the Dollar Movies, or that Barnes & Noble. That's where I'm at. Like, on my like on Monday and Tuesday, my day's off, my version of the weekend. Yeah, that's usually where I'm at. You, you seem like a Kindle man to me. Nah. Right. But you're very digital and up to speed on technology. I, I have a lot of ebooks, but I, I nothing beats the feel and smell of a real book. That is true. Nothing <laughs> like I like to like I like to write notes in my books, mm. you know. And yeah, Ooh, you can do that you're with a Kindle. Of those people. Yeah, oh I I write so yuck. many notes. So many notes. <laughs> what do you mean, yuck? <laughs> well see, growing up as a Jewish boy and reading Talmud and oh, Torah yeah. and prayer books all the time. It's almost an abomination to write on the sides. Yeah. And so that was what I read growing up. Yeah. And that was my education. And I just used to get yelled at all the time because me and my cousin used to transliterate the Hebrew into English. So yeah. it was easier for us to read. But you wrote it in the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had eight hour Passovers. Like, what else are we supposed to True. do? True. So, Holy cow. Yeah. yeah I, I like writing in I like writing in books because I get an idea. It's just easy. I can write it next to the inspiration to that idea. That's why I like writing in books. Huh. And yeah. you go back and actually check them. Oh, well, I reread so many books. Like my favorites I reread. What's your favorites? Uh, the Denial of Death by Ernest Becker. Uh, Rebel Without a Crew by Robert Rodriguez. Mastery by Robert Greene. 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. So you're really into fiction and fantasy then? These are all nonfiction. Nonfiction. Yeah, I don't, I don't, eat, I don't really read much fiction. I read Chuck Palahunk. So mean, what are these? Palahniewicz. I mean, because when I think of nonfiction, I think of Socrates and Plato yeah. and Aristotle yeah. and Martin King Jr. Yeah. yeah. These are the same type of book? Yeah. Yeah. Mastery, is, it's a book uh, that, that draws from historical figures and explains how they became the people that they are and uh, steps that you can do to master whatever it is you want to do with your life. It's a great book. Just a great book. And then uh, The Denial of Death is dealing with death itself. I think that's one of the major plagues to the American society is, is the anxiety and fear of death. I think yeah. I think that's where our divorce rates and yep. alcoholism and uh, bad education come is we have this God complex where we're yep. going to a new world. Well, and they also call uh, they blame it on the hero structure. Like we as men, we want to be heroes in every way in our life, like uh, through our bank accounts, through our actions. We want to be the through guy the that penis, yeah. yeah, through everything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, it just explains how you have to break down these hero structures and it's just yeah i love i love to read is that possible without a great war and a rebuild yeah. of this civilization yeah it just takes you know a different way of thinking you know kind of analyzing the decisions you make and why you make the decisions since can we have celebrity and and athletic stars without this god individual complex no i think they definitely contribute to it oh the marketing yeah, yeah um well it's i don't know like i for me, for heroes, you got to look to yourself before you look elsewhere. I think you need to be you need to be the most dependable person in your life. You have to do what you can to become a better person. You know what I mean? I'm really I'm a big for fan. what gain for what gain? Yeah, what purpose? Happiness. Hmm. If you can depend on yourself, you'll always be happy. Yeah, there's an argument there. Yeah, well, because you're depending on other people is where I get a huge source of unhappiness, being let down. But if I try to take care of much as I possibly can, 
like it's less it's less disappointing like my life has become less disappointing because i take responsibility for my life there's no excuses like if i don't get something that i want i blame myself first because i did everything that i could you know what i mean certainly yeah like that's kind of how i feel about things like like i take personal responsibility before i blame others or before i make excuses i always go did i do my best did i give it everything i got and that's why i could make decisions with a clear conscience kind of like like, this kind of goes into, like, me leaving the show. Like, I've done everything that I can. It's been a year, you know, and now I feel like it's time that I want to move on. I want to focus my energy into other things, you know? Like, it's been a great experience. I've loved being here, but I've done everything that I can, and it's now time, you know, to transition into something else. So do you ever put your sh- feet in the other people's shoes where they might see you as you letting them, yeah. or letting them down, yeah. because as you said, you work so hard as not trusting people because they let you down. Well, it's but not the that juxtaposition it. is, as you are a human, every human lets every other human down. Yeah, it's well, I don't. I try not to let people down, but yeah, I, I can see like yeah, like everyone to a degree is let down like my parents the fact that i'm moving out they're a little let down because they like having me around i help out so much around the house sure you're a great support yeah but i can't live my life for other people i have to do what's best for myself i see that you know what i mean like in order for my happiness i need to pursue things like i need to go after what i want Sounds very selfish, if from a certain point of view yeah easily it could easily be conserved that and it is is selfishness a tool or a intellectual paradigm that is going to set you to that road of freedom. Because when you read the Malcolm X's and the yeah. Martin King's and the Desmond Tutu's, they put selfishness as one of the great abominations of man and woman. Yeah, see, and I don't believe that because I've given so much to everyone around me. Now it's time to give to myself. I've lived a very selfless life where I've taken on responsibilities that far exceed the average person's. Like, I'm responsible for my sister's well-being. I'm responsible for my family's well-being. I'm responsible for everyone around me. And, sure you are. You know, I've given up so much of my, like, of my life. So what do you gain, then, by not doing these extracurricular fun activities? I gain more time to focus on my own artistic endeavors. I'm able to write more. I'm able to focus, you know, on comedy more. I'm able to focus on mathematics more which I need to in order to graduate. Like I have more time available to pursue other points in my life. Like I can work on my home, like building, I'm building a home. So what happens then if in six months you're watching an extra five hours a week of television or you're going to an extra movie a week where, yeah, those are gratifying, right? Yeah. But they're not helping you build as a communicator. Uh, They are though. Because I want to write movies, so every movie I watch helps me. Let me ask you this question. I've been working on this documentary. Yep. I'm a very good writer when it comes to writing papers, when being clear and articulate and going from A to Z. However, writing for television is such a weird experience to me. It is. I now understand why George Stephanopoulos makes $8 million yeah. a year. Yeah. I now understand why Ken Burns has his own Ken Burns effects, even though he's not good at writing. Yeah. 
because writing for television is A, either one of the hardest things in the world to do, or B, one of the most mundane, stupid forms of communicating I have ever seen. Well, it's artistic, man. And that's, that's the balance between, like, like that's art, you know? Because like, it's like you can look at a painting. When you go into, like, an art gallery and you see a painting, you're like, oh, I could have painted that. You know how people say that? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, is, at the end of the day, is you didn't paint it. This person did. And sure. that's what they chose to do with their artistic expression. And th- there's more than, there's a million ways to skin a, ta- skin a cat. There's a million ways to tell a story. Are there a million ways yeah, to skin a there cat? Are. There are. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Like, literally a million? I don't, probably, yeah. Like, right. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't really want to. That sounds like an awful thing to go into all the different ways I can skin yeah, a cat. Let, uh, let's take a minute here. <laughs> Glass, acid, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways you can skin a cat. But, yeah, but that's no. a real passion for you is to yeah. communicate in this broken kind of language it it may seem broken to you but maybe it's just because you don't know all the rules you know like it's something that you're kind of newly just introduced to and newly walking away from yeah exactly (laughs) yeah exactly i have i don't know it's it's just it's personal preference like what makes it so difficult is it state is it is it that you're writing in a written oral communicative language and then you have the picture quality on top of it well and you have to make them both work or well i don't know if it i wouldn't when I think of like writing for screenplay, I don't think of it as difficult, even though it is challenging. I don't think of it as difficult because it just I kind of it just makes sense to me. But and you're not matching scene. up pictures when you go and you write on your computer shorthand. It's all me. It's in my head. Right, and so the images aren't yeah. being overlapped onto your. Yeah. I think there's an advantage there. Yeah. Well, it's all up to me. I can do whatever. Here's a great thing. Like I don't think you realize with writing, you can write about whatever you want. Right. At least for me, like your situation is a little different because you have a set series of images to write to, that may or may not be more difficult. It all just depends on how you look at it. Perspective is the most important thing to writing. Like when I sit down and write, I write whatever I want. If I want to write a story about a guy who goes to the mall and then, you know, gets peed on by a cat and then falls down a grocery aisle or something, like I'm just making this up as I go along. This isn't a story I'm working on. But <laughs> the point I'm making is no. <laughs> you can do whatever you yeah. want. You can write whatever you want. So is it possible then my struggle with what i'm writing is because i don't like the content yeah and i'm not happy with the way the the documentary uh was created yeah that's a huge possibility i'm not a professional documentarian how does a a professional documentarian fight through their anxieties or fear or dislike of content that, that is the difference between an amateur and a professional yes right there they do fight through that. Like a true professional writer can write for any like, like say I want to you know I want to write for TV. Like I should be able to write on almost any show they put me on, you know. Absolutely. And like that's because that's what a professional does. Like that's what I want to do professionally. I want to do what's called punch up, where they bring you on, you throw in some jokes into the story, then you move on to another story. You know, you add a humor element to it. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. So yeah, that that's the exact difference between a professional and an amateur. Like, an amateur spends time, like, there's a book. It's called uh, The War of Art. It's by Stephen Pressfield. It's a very short book. Uh, I have the ebook. I'll email it to you. I highly recommend you read it because it explains the difference between an amateur and a professional in every aspect. And it, it, it explains how, like, an amateur, you know, 
they spend their time, you know, wondering if I'm truly a professional or not, or if this is good or not. They spend a lot of time of frustration, but a professional just does it. They're at that point, you know, where they can just write it out. Like, this is what I have to do. This is how I do it. Bang, bang, boom. It's remarkable to watch, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, watching Marcos Ortiz yeah. uh, construct a story. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. Is that, and then the, I assume, like anything else, even though the 10,000 hours is defunct, but it's just practice, 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 yeah. right? Well, you just have to do it to get good at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I write between 10 and 1 at least three, four nights a week. From 10 p.m. to 1 p.m., I write. What do you write about? Everything. I, it starts out as a journal. I start out just journaling my thoughts, my feelings, my expressions. Then, you know, I go into bits. I work on, like, stand-up jokes, you know, that I'm writing. I write them out longhand. I beat it all out longhand. Then I go into scripts that I'm working on. I think of different tags, different things, different points in the story. Because I have an outline. Before I write in, like, final draft, I outline everything in Evernote. Yes. So I have an idea of where I'm going next. Like, I'll never open final draft and have no idea what I'm writing about. So technically, I, it's like my rough draft. You know what an outline is. You, you're a writer yourself. You understand that. Yeah. So do you put them, do you create a storyboard on a cork board or on a dry erase, or do you stick them up to a wall to find? Um, that's that's a popular technique. A lot of other people, like, you know, you, they use cue cards, and they, they do that. They use different color cards. See, for me, it's it's just I work better just beating it all out. Like, I just write out shorthand the script. So I'll be like... Sasha enters the store. Sasha says something to upset this person. This person pulls a gun on Sasha. Sasha <laughs> goes to jail. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I beat it all out like that. And then, like, I get the emotion down. And then I, then you can write the dialogue. Then you can write, you know, it all just, it just after that, you just you write it all out. And then, and then I'll sit there, you know, for like an hour figuring out the dialogue. Like, how do I want to say this? How do I want to say that? You know, because it's what you say is super important. But see, here's the weird thing when I want to turn it back yeah. to proper writing. Sure. I remember when I first met you and you started writing the blogs for mm-hmm. All Ute Radio. Right? Yeah. And I'd always say, you're not writing in complete sentences. Mm-hmm. And you go, of course I am. It just it's structured differently. It's not the academic sense of yeah. uh, conversation. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Do you, you don't get caught up in that when you were in college and university and having... You no, pe- because I can write academic. I've been writing academic papers for like 10 years. I used to, you know, I used to sell them in school, like when I was a kid. Like I used to Gangster. hustle papers, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I know how to crank out academic papers. What you got, Johnny Forrest? Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, do that. Like I'm trying to, like I, I'm an artist, you know, and I want to pursue the things that interest me. And like writing in an academic sense isn't one of those things. You know, I can do it. I know how to do it. I've done it. I can crank out papers. I want to write scripts. I want to write jokes. I want, and ultimately, what, you, what, I think you, what I think you're missing is ultimately all of these things I write about, they're pieces of me. You know, I'm trying to get what's in my head to the piece of paper. And going through that, it's tough. It's tough taking what's exactly in my head and putting it on paper, like it takes a lot of effort. I believe you. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of soul searching. It takes a lot of understanding. Like I have to understand, like I've been spending like, I, I got off Ritalin about five months now. It's been that long. And it's been the first time I've been off Ritalin for years. I've been on Ritalin since fourth grade. I took it off for one semester two years ago. I got back on 
but I'm now I'm done. I'm never taking it again. And I'm learning so much about myself, who like, I am, what I want. Did you go numb? Did you? Yeah. Ritalin makes you numb. It turns you into a zombie. It does. Like there are aspects of myself that I didn't understand. Like, I don't understand why I like the things I like. I have to sit down and figure out why. Like, the other day, like, I wanted to play Grand Theft Auto for a little bit. Yeah. And I sat down and explained to Sarah, yeah, I like playing video games because, it, you know, it kind of it lets me, you know, like, turn my mind off for a bit and I can just kind of enjoy myself. Like, I have to, like, figure out all these things. Were you getting in trouble for playing that game? No. Okay. No. I was just <laughs> telling her why. Yeah, nah, I don't really have, like, I don't. I haven't had much time to really play video games. Like, I got Grand Theft Auto Online. I play maybe about an hour and a half a week. Yeah. I'll play, like, a half hour before bed, something like that. I don't really have too much time for video games, but it's nice. Like, you get to run around, you know? I know we got to go to break here soon, but uh, I got the real wants to get a PS4. Like, yeah. I ha- have the money. I walked in there the other day, and I was like, looky here. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know if it's such a good investment because I remember the fiascos of the first PS3. You know what? Let's go to break and we'll talk about this. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah. Hey, this is Bob Bedore with Quick Wits, and you're listening to KU Radio, the only real radio at the University of Utah. This is Chris Hollifield from the I Am Salt Lake podcast, and you're listening to KU Radio. Hello, alien warrior comedian here. You're listening to Old Ute Radio. Hey, this is Matt Knutson, uh, and if I sound familiar, it's because you're currently listening to my voice. You can find me also here on Old Ute Radio. My name is Brian Pope. You're listening to Old Ute Radio. What's up, boys? This is Zach Arthur from New School. You're listening to Old Ute Radio. Hey, guys, this is Dwayne Perkins, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. You know it. Hey, Johnny McKeon here, and if you're interested in being a guest on Old Ute Radio with Johnny McKeon and Sasha Bloom, you should definitely hit us up at oldutradio at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Johnny McKeon, that's M-C-K-E-O-N. You could also hit up Sasha at Mr. Underscore Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E. Like always, you can find us Wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m. on KUteRadio.org. comedian, entrepreneur, actor, and failed radio personality, and you're listening to Old Ute Radio. Welcome back to Old Ute 
McKeon. You can follow me at Johnny McKeon. Sasha, you can follow him at Mr. Underscore Bone. Now, Sasha, you were telling me about a PS4. Yes. I have a real, like, I, I it, you ever get impulsive, uh, that impulsive feeling to want to buy something? Like, you really don't need to do it, but you're like, I got to go get it. I got to go get it. Yeah, it's. It happens. It happens. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. Like, I, I went out and got Grand Theft Auto Five with my first paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it's Hanukkah season, so mm-hmm. I went and bought my son the WWE 14 Oh, game. 2K14? Yeah. Yeah. But I walked in there, and I was like, well, maybe instead of buying him this wrestling game, I get a PS4. Yeah. But then I learned, like everyone does, that it's not backwards compatible for yep. PS3 games or even PS2 games. And I was like... But Micah really likes this wrestling series, like, and then he'd have to go a year. I was like, I'll buy the game instead of the thing. But in the back of my head, like, even I woke up this morning, I was like, I should go get a PS4. For why? <laughs> like, what game? Is there a game? No. A launch title? Like, I don't like playing the military games. Yeah, me neither. I like role-playing games, but there's no great role-playing game out right now. No. Uh, I don't play Madden anymore. I'm sick of it. Assassin's Creed, Black Flag no is interest. pretty much, yeah, yeah, the pirate game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't like the controls of that game, so it's really hard for me to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Uh, no innovative things going on with the PS4 as of today. You know, it's funny is it's funny that you want one because I was sitting around thinking, why are these being released? I don't want a new Xbox. I don't want a new PS4. I'm really happy with my PS3 right now. So uh, on Amazon, PlayStation 4 Battlefield 4 launch day bundle, $1,487. Well, that's because the PS3s are sold out, right? PS4s are sold no, out. No, I went to Game Break, GameStop. And Draper Sandy right on the yeah. border there. They had twelve of them. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. No, they're around. Thousand bucks. Fifteen hundred. What? Fifteen hundred. One thousand four hundred eighty-seven dollars. That doesn't make sense. Why is it the the PS4 is not that expensive? No, it's only four hundred dollars. Yeah. Why is it? So why is it fifteen hundred dollars? Because someone's trying to get it. <laughs> That's because. Is it on eBay or Amazon? Amazon. What? Should we try eBay? <laughs> what? You, no way. Fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what does it come with? Two controllers? Uh, just a launch day bundle and whatever game that was, I said it was. Battlefield 4. Really? Yeah. Weird. And I guess apparently, like, the fir- like the most expensive console is the first day. Like, apparently it's ranked now. Yeah? Kind of like the way serial numbers are with uh, paintings and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't feel the need for a new system. It's not like games are that important it's i mean the ps3 is still great oh yeah you know like what what do you need i just got netflix (laughs) like on my ps3 like what's like why would i switch over now you know okay so on ebay 639.99 for a 500 gig with receipt is that what you would buy no i wouldn't pay which one would you buy the 399 one which one is that like less gigs Oh, I don't know. What do you, do you need more than 250 gigs? Probably, yeah. I've never loaded music into my PS3. It's the games add up. $804. There's 25 bids on that on eBay. Uh, 599 console launch day edition. So, yeah, you're, you're actually cheaper than when the PS3 came out. I had a buddy that went to four different states and bought, like, 20 PS3s. And... So he took out a loan for like $12,000, yeah. somewhere around there. 
and he made upwards of twenty six thousand dollars in cash. Wow. Yeah, he doubled his investment. Nice. <laughs> yeah. How did he get the loan? Did he tell him exactly what he was oh, doing? Oh, he owns a business. Oh, okay. And he was like, yeah. uh, I'm going to be doing some upgrading, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. he paid off the loan in like 48 hours. Nice. <laughs> but that's weird about people. I don't understand the fascination of people standing in lines for the iPhone or the PS4. Well, they want to be the early adopter. That's the term adopter. for them. Early adopter. Whoa. Yeah, that's the term. Like, the first people to have it, because then they can go on YouTube and talk about it. They can tweet about it. They can blog about it. They can brag about it to their friends. They can take pictures of their and put it on their Instagram. You know, they are the early adopter. They get to tell you adopter. what it's all about. That's the term in marketing. They call that the early adopter. The early? No, I'm looking this up. Yeah, you've never heard of that? It's, it's a marketing term. Well, I hate marketing. Oh, I loved marketing. I love the marketing classes here. Take a class with Jacob Jensen. He's amazing. I recommend <laughs> all you youth <laughs> listeners. Intro to strategic marketing or communication, great class. Also, a lighthouse consumer? Yeah. Where are these names? No wonder we have a horrible economy. An early adopter or lighthouse consumer is an early consumer of a given company, product, or technology in politics, fashion, art, or other fields, this person would be referred to as a trend setter. Yep. Uh, Everett Rogers, Diffusion of Innovations, 1962, coined these terms. I mean, there's a big percentage. A lighthouse consumer. What does that mean? Like, lighthouse? I don't know. I got it. Like, uh, maybe the metaphor? Like I'm cutting and pasting, but... Oh, my internet doesn't even work. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, but, like, a lot of people want to be first, man, so they can brag about it. So, because think about it, it's it's a story to tell the next day. This almost sounds like a Mitch Sears, like yeah. a light. Mitch, Mitch Sears, Sears is definitely is a an early adopter. Consumer. Yeah, he's proud to say he's an early adopter. Vendor term used to describe a cons- customer who is implementing a technology or product, as well being able and willing to publicly discuss that. Yeah. Of course, you won't hear about lighthouse consumers if the technology fails. Yep. Like right now, pull up your YouTube and look up PS4 unboxing. See how many videos pop up. PS4 unboxing? Unboxing. Like pulling it out of the box. Oh, really? Yeah, like tons <laughs> oh, of people. So you type in PS4, the first tag is PS4, the second is PS4 unboxing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. So there's a million people who stood in line just so that they could make a YouTube video about them unwrapping their... <laughs> yeah. And then... There's one with four and a half million views. Yeah. He's probably one of the first to do it. His, his video was probably one of the first. Are people getting laid in this country anymore, or are they just watching YouTube He's videos? getting advertising revenue for $4 million a view. What do you get for 4 million views? Uh, a good amount of money. Probably a couple hundred bucks. Oh. Yeah. So what's Bieber get for $32 million? I don't know. Probably it's a couple, like a mil, probably. I don't know. Weird. Probably Unboxing. less than a million. I don't know. How do you guys know? Because it's all about having a subscriber. It's all about having a channel subscribe. Like it, it factors in how much money you make on YouTube. How how do I know about early adopters? Yeah. It's I just learned it in marketing, and it's also it's this is what people this is what the majority of blogs are for. Like I have a tech blog. I have like I mean I looked up. So I bought this G Shock watch. It's the DW6900. watches, huh? Yeah, and I went to YouTube and typed in G-Shock DW6900 watch unboxing. And then I was able to look at the watch before I, I purchased it to make sure it was the watch I wanted. 
So there's a utility to these unboxing videos as well. So you get to kind of see it. You get to really see the product before you decide whether or not you want to purchase it. Why are there no beautiful women unboxing? Because uh, they no have better things it. to do? No, no one's thought of like, it. Like, I'd have a team of cheerleaders like, yeah. unboxing. And you'd probably have better views. Yeah. yeah you should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> unboxing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole thing, Sasha. It's yeah. Everyone wants to be on the cutting edge. Everyone wants to know before anyone else knows anything. So, do you feel like a sucker if you only get twenty six hundred views, and the guys up and below you have over a hundred thousand? No, because here's the great thing: you still have a PS four. Right. Hmm. It's just it's just a bonus. What else? It's do a they... bonus to living your life, Sasha. What else is unboxed on everything? YouTube? iPads, uh, Galaxy phones, every single piece of technology that comes out is unboxed on YouTube. How about books and music? Uh, I don't. I don't know. People talk about mixtape. People talk about people review so CDs. If I type in Harry Potter unboxing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they do that. They, you can get a book review. Yeah, Harry Potter, Potter Wizard Collection unboxing yeah. part one. There you two. go. 30,000 views. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't get it. I guess it's like uh, opening presents. Yeah. Like. Well, think about this. Like, it's not always just for the views. Like, don't think of it as just a profit thing. But think about the fact that you get to record you opening something really cool, something historic. There's almost like a sense of, like, pride and enjoyment and you're able to record like you're that. a spelunker yeah. or an astronaut that's how they feel maybe yeah, yeah think about it you know an astronaut took a picture of himself in space you know selfie in space <laughs> exactly yeah that's what it's all about man like it's all about enjoying your life and with 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 technology it's easier now to document and preserve and contribute to this beast you know like all these different internet things like instagram youtube facebook twitter you know what i call that i call that feeding the beast because you have to put all this information into it you know and this internet is this big beast and it just takes all of our information you know and it can be an enjoyable experience like i like to instagram now if i come across something i really like i'll instagram it i get to share that i get to express i get to to share with you, you know, what I care about. So I just typed in fridge unboxing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, inverter fridge unboxing, 6,000 views. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you're curious about a model, you're able to go and look it up and see what it's like. You're able to really get a look at it and see if you like it. Because, like, I was going to get the black version of my I watch. I typed in underwear unboxing. <laughs> 5,450 views. Oh, great. I've lost Sasha. Right. Uh, one more. Let me just type in condom unboxing, and then I'll be satisfied. Yep. Uh, unboxing Durex Performax condoms, 75,000, zero. How often do you go on YouTube? Uh, Not just that often. to watch wrestling videos. Yeah. Like Japanese. There's wrestling. tons of like YouTube's an amazing resource. You can, you can look up all kinds of stuff, man. You can learn <laughs> skills, trades. Uh, but see, I get mad because of the lighting and their cameras. Oh, it's all cheap. Yeah, you get what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, right. YouTube, they'll send you a check <laughs> for the amount you paid for. <laughs> there are forty-two thousand nine hundred search re results for unboxing condoms. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a legitimate. It's a niche. Remember how like Mitch explained niche marketing in our class? 
niche YouTube channel, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that I, I, you've been saying this forever. I totally disagree with this concept. Well, it's right there. That's why they do it. It's not about – I'm not an advocate for it. It's just how YouTube is used. Like a lot of people do that. They do a niche thing where like I just – there's a guy on there who just reviews club drinks. Like he's like, I'm having, you know, a uh, listen to one of these? a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> it's a little listen. bitter. Um, he wears like a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, so what would I type in? Uh, uh, I don't know. Type in uh, Long drinks. Island. Yeah, club drinks. No, no, no. Reviews. Type in Long Island iced tea review. Okay. <laughs> I think. Do you spend a lot of time on YouTube? No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I uh, I'll download stuff off YouTube that I and then I extract the audio and I listen to it while I do other. Is things. Is that a form of pirating? Yes. I believe so. <laughs> Will Hatton says you can unbox me on YouTube. <laughs> well, <laughs> how about next week, sir? <laughs> I'll bring a oh, camera. Oh, did in. I tell you I got uh, approved for citizenship? Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. The of ceremony. All the countries in the world join this melting pot, huh? Yeah, I get to be a part of America now. Uh, the <laughs> ceremony will be in a month or two. I'm can really excited. If you want. Where do you do this? At the courthouse? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I, th- they'll send me a letter. I'll tell you when it when it is. <laughs> Please. Yeah, if you want to come, you can come. Yeah. Oh, there are tons of uh, people rating drinks. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But YouTube is being used as a source of information. Like, it, it establishes credibility as, you know, a person who knows what they're talking about. Like, if you want to represent, like, say, like, salon, makeup, like, that stuff's huge on YouTube. Like, so the, these, like, makeup stylists will go on YouTube and be like, this is how you do this. Right. Subscribe to my channel, and you can learn how to make something new every week. So if I type in Mary Kay. Yeah. Where does uh, YouTube start become or Google become a sucker for just uh, free marketing? Because I, I couldn't imagine my grandfather's generation not executing people for um, – because it was always a pay scale. I mean, the reason why – Hollywood and media was so expensive and was because it was an exclusive club and no one had the ability unless you were in pirate radio to give away uh, advertisement and now on Google e- any dummy like me can make a promotional video well, b- for a company because it's gone past even money attention is currency now Sasha attention that's attention See, that seem, almost seems like an Illuminati like spell to me to like enslave people. Don't you think that's actually more freeing? Because it's not even about the money. It's about just the focus of a person. That's what you go after now. You just want, like, attention is our currency. It's not even about the money. It's not about the, the product. It's just about keeping people aware, keeping people's eyes on you. Hmm. I don't believe it. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, it's Google. They make their money in a lot of different ways. You know, I don't know their whole finance system, but... YouTube, it works. They have ad revenue. If if a if a you know video gets a million views, then you know you throw some ads up on there. You get a percentage. YouTube gets a percentage. It's not like you could host the video yourself. I mean, you could, but you know, hmm. it's more cost efficient just to put it on YouTube. What are other great things on YouTube? I know you can do. You can get into like killing videos. Yeah, and weird you can find all kinds stuff of stuff. Like yeah. But they put on a censorship where you yeah. have to log in. Mm-hmm. I think that's stupid, too, because can't any 13-year-old create a fake login? Yeah, but then that just removes the liability off of YouTube itself. Because, you know, like, it's not their fault if the kid fakes it. He abided by the rules. Yeah. 
You know, that's just to protect them on their end. Because here's the thing, you can't really control people, don't you see? And that's a good thing. Yeah, it's certainly... Think about that. that. That's a good thing that you can't control people. People are still allowed to make the decision that they want. It just takes away the liability off of their end. Well, I think in some instances, I'm typing in Pirate Bay right now, but I heard that, I know in Europe, you can't get Pirate Bay anymore. Yeah, you can't get it on Google Chrome. Really? Yeah. Because I'm on Google now, and it pops up. On Google Chrome? No, just on regular Google. Yeah. Well, I think on the Google Chrome operating system. I remember reading something about that. They're trying to get it on everything, but who knows? Is that ethical? Ethical? I mean, well, is it ethical for what Pirate Bay is doing? It gets complicated. Use. I think, yeah. I, you know, at least my justification in all my classes was I'm going into media. Mm -hmm. I should be exposed to everything in the media regardless of price. Therefore, I'm informed and I can stay current for my job. Mm hmm a lot of professors disagreed with yeah. that. And I said, phooey. Well, I just, here's how I see it. I don't justify it one way or the other. I just accept it that the fact that something I will write or something that I will do will become pirated. And I, I won't get mad about it. <laughs> nice ego. What? <laughs> Look, man, you don't train for second place. You know what I mean? Like, you either go after what you want or you don't. At least that's how I live my life. So something that I make will be pirated someday. And I'm fine with that. I've accepted it, you know? Okay. I'd be a hypocrite not to. Yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's pop the break. Let's go to Dad and play some promos real quick. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Thanks for listening to KU Internet Radio, providing you the sounds of student life. If there's something you want to hear, feel free to call in at 801-585-3449. You can also hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio or on Twitter at K underscore U-T-E. Listen to The Red Zone with your host, New Boston Matt, every Tuesday from 2 to 5, only on KU Radio. with ABC4 Utah, and you're listening to KU Radio. This is Chris Burbank, Chief of Police for the Salt Lake City Police Department. You are listening to KU Radio. I'm going to fight for the prestige, not for me, but to uplift my little brothers who are sleeping on concrete floors today in America. Black people who are living on welfare. Black people who can't eat. Black people who don't know no knowledge of themselves. Black people who don't have no future. I want to win my title and walk down the alleys, settle in the garbage can. Refugee camp. Ali Bouvier. Yes, yes. Try to go down in the jungle. 
Welcome back to Ooh You Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio, my friend and yours, Mr. At Sasha, but at Mr. <laughs> underscore Bloom. Fail. Totally fail. <laughs> Sasha Bloom at Mr. Underscore Bloom. So my son always talks in hashtags now. Really? Yeah, the, he, he goes, the, hashtag I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag I'm thirsty. <laughs> it's fast. It's efficient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then his new thing is fail. <laughs> like, like uh, I flipped off a person that cut me off the other day, and I try not to when Micah, like, is in the car. Yeah. And he goes, Dad, that driver hashtag failed. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he on Twitter? No. Does he have a cell phone? Yes. Well, he did until two days ago when I washed it by accident. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, my mom's going to be so mad. What kind of phone was it? Oh, like the it's almost like before BlackBerry. Like a it, flip phone? or? Yeah. Well, it's the slide out phone. Oh, okay. So it's got the little keyboard. Okay. I know those ones. But he's like a, one of the, he's like a woman. He's super fast at texting with his dumb thumbs. And he's where Sound I'm like s- they're smart thumbs. <laughs> no, it's just he's very technically advanced, and it's weird. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Wait, do you not type with your thumbs? No. That's weird. Well, My dad doesn't type with his thumbs. Let me see here. On his Kindle? Like, yeah, I use one thumb, but I can't use two You can't two do thumbs. two? Yeah. yeah. I, I, like, I'll be in the cafeteria on campus and just watch these girls. Yeah. And it's the same feeling I had when... I was in early computer classes or when we were on typewriters and it was like, yeah, I'm just dumb fingering it. (laughs) Dumb fingering it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you had your citizen test, right? Yeah. And it was so stressful. I was. You've been studying forever. No, I wasn't. I didn't study. No, that's not what I was stressful about. I just, I was just so nervous about it. Cause think about it. It's like the ultimate job interview, you know? And yeah, it Are is. you right? <laughs> no, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, someone was just complimenting me, so uh, I was. Uh... Yeah, you got this weird little smile. You went somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like the ultimate job interview. Like I showed up, I was super nervous. I wore a suit and tie, well, uh, a, a nice shirt, tie, and my nice coat. Oh, you so didn't I do the good. Sammy Sosa bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. Like I wanted to look good mm-hmm. and uh, shaved, cut my hair, did everything. Yeah, your fade's gone. Yeah, yeah. I just I cut it just to be safe, and then um. I was nervous. Um, yeah, they ask you ten questions, and I'll tell you the ten questions that they, or they ask. They ask you ten questions, but you only have to get six right. Well, I, I want to take the test. I got all six right, right off the bat. So I'm going to give you the first six questions I was taken. Okay. That I was given. Let's see if you can pass them. They were all really easy. All right. Let me get my Google going. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The very first question was, who wrote the Declaration of Independence? Thomas Jefferson. Yep. All right. Who is the commander-in-chief of the military? Uh, President Barack Obama. Yes. What is the party of the president? Currently or? Yeah. The Democrat. Yes. What are the two major political parties? Uh, Republicans and Democrats. Name one state that borders Mexico. California. Yeah. Uh, Name three of the original 13 colonies. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Delaware. Yeah. This is a dumb test. Yeah. Continue. And um, was that six? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So this seemed easier than the last test you gave me. Yeah. Because we were at ABC4, and you were quizzing me, yeah. and I barely passed. So here's here's another question. What is the supreme law of the land? See? 
you, I failed this one last time. Yeah. What is the supreme law of the land? Think about it. Just really think about it. What is the supreme law of the land pertaining to the government, pertaining to U.S. citizens? What's that one supreme law? Well, it's got to be subversive, so it can't be military. I don't know. What do you, I have no idea. The Constitution. So say that question again. What is the supreme law of the land? The Constitution. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. What does the Constitution do? Uh, <laughs> I know. It's kind of a... It's Set people up to fail. <laughs> <laughs> it protects the basic rights of Americans. It sets up the government, sure. and it defines our government. So I've missed two there. Yeah. Yep. You've got... <laughs> Six for eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what the sad thing is? What? Where's my backpack? Look what I have right in my backpack. The Constitution? Yeah. You're one of those kids? <laughs> yeah. I got one right here, and I don't even know. What a miserable guy I am. The idea of self-government is the first three words of the Constitution. What are these words? We the people? Yep. But you just guessed, huh? No, I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, the tag team do. We the people. What is an amendment? An amendment uh, is an adjustment to a constitutional bill, right? Adjustment or, to the Constitution yeah. itself, yes. I'll give you that. Uh, what do we call the first ten amendments of the Constitution? The bill of Rights? Yep. Right. What is one right of freedom from the First Amendment? What is one right of freedom of press? Yep. How many amendments? Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many amendments does the Constitution have? Ooh. Yeah. 26? 27. 27, yeah. Yeah. I only know that because it's my favorite number. 27 How is my the hell number. do you have... Mine's nine. Yeah. How do you get to, all the way up to 27? It's just... It's the most aesthetically pleasing number, in my opinion. The two combined with the seven just looks nice to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yours is nine? Yeah. Why? It was a number of my first mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. That I remember. 27 is the dream number. I always wanted to have that, but I had to have a lineman number. So I, I did 66, but I always wanted to have 27. Uh, is that a linebacker position? What numbers are 27? 27 is like defensive back, running back. So people with talent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not grunts <laughs> like me. Uh, what did the de- Declaration of Independence do? What did it? It uh, succeeded... America from England, or what was America? Announced our independence, yes. What are two rights in the Declaration of Independence? The right to bear arms? No. No. Oh, the Declaration of... I... Hmm. Come on, this is an easy one. There's three. List two out of the three. There's three things. There's There's three rights within the Declaration of Independence. Life, liberty, no. And pursuit of property? Pursuit of happiness. Is it... See, I've heard it's the life, liberty, and the pursuit of property and or happiness. This says happiness, so I don't know. This is the official <laughs> civics exam. The right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. What's yeah. freedom of religion? Where the government can impose restrictions of religion, I guess. You can practice any religion or sure. not practice religion. What is our economic system in the United States? Fascism. <laughs> no, that would be uh, wrong. Capitalism, free market <laughs> yeah. capitalism. They also in the they also ask you, are you a communist? Right. Are you you know have you been involved in the Taliban? No. 
You said right <laughs> for being a communist. You are a communist. No. They ask you that twice. I grew up in a. My grandfather went to prison for being a communist during World War II. You never told me this. Never asked. Really? Yeah. Wait, in World War II or during the McCarthy era? Uh, so he was supposed to go to Normandy. Yeah. They took him off the boat and he went to prison for three and a half years in Fort Oglethorpe in Georgia. Oh, that may have saved his life. Yeah, he was like 5'5". Five five. Yeah, Normandy, that was no joke, man. No, especially for a little Jewish guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he was in prison there, um, and my mom's sister was... Now, was that, was military prison, was it like the brig with, like, bread and water, or was it like just... Yeah, he was a communist. Yeah. And seen as a treasonable offender. Yeah. Um, but that's... Like with Tomino Bay style, or was it, like, prison style? It was prison. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But that's what happened to most Jews during yeah. World War Two. I mean, instead yeah. of, you <laughs> either went to war and fought against the Germans, you were in the Holocaust, or you were imprisoned for being a communist. Yeah. You know, that was the rule back then. Was was there a lot of Jews involved in communism? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, Lenin was a Jew. Trotsky was a Jew. Hmm. Communism is a Jewish paradigm. It comes from the kibbutzim. I kibbutz. never knew that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Communal living, it's expressly written in the Torah. Wow. When you get into Talmud, uh, Karl Marx was a Jew. Wow, I never knew any of this. Yeah. Wow. So Karl Marx and Lenin were very high up in Jewry. They weren't rabbinical. Did you say in Jewry? Jewry, yeah. Jury or Jewry? J-E-W-R-Y, Jewry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a term. What exactly is that? Like Jewish, Judaism. Oh, okay. Jewry. You made it sound like it was a trade, like haberdashery, or like it depends who you talk to, good sir. (laughs) They were in woodwork. Yeah, they were in communism. (laughs) The building of communism. No, communism is a very Judeo-Christian Christian idea. Wow. Uh, Some would say that Jesus was a communist. Hmm. Or a communalist. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It. Overall, like, I have a huge sense of relief having passed this test now and having been approved. I am by no means a citizen yet. So what What do you, what is a great thing? Like, obviously they didn't deport you. Mm-hmm. Were you always subject to being deported? Yeah, if I, if I got into assault, like, if I assaulted someone and went to jail. If you got a felony. Yeah, I, I'm deported. To where? Canada. But you don't have any family up there. Yeah, I do. But it doesn't matter. What part of Canada? I don't know, all over. But it doesn't matter. In Nova Scotia, Johnny. Uh, Ontario, <laughs> Johnny mostly. beating whales and yeah. seals in Nova Scotia. But no, 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 you don't understand. Like, being deported, it's not like they let you go home and pack up and leave. They take you. They kick you out right then and there. So whatever you have on you is what you have. Yeah, you read about the stories about single mothers, yeah. know, Latina single mothers who get deported, and their kids stay here and yeah. never get to see their moms again. Exactly. That's very sad, man. It's it's incredibly terrifying. Like I don't think you really like like a lot of people. Like I was talking to my Sarah and my friend Jake about. It. They're both Americans. They've never really had the had the idea of being kicked out of the country isn't real to them. The idea that that they could be taken away legally and not allowed to come back in, and it's legal. There's nothing you can do about it. That's odd. It's terrifying. It's an incredibly oppressive burden. It's been an incredibly. It's been a huge legitimate fear of mine. But now, because America's all I know. Yeah. 
It's all I know. I, I moved to America when I was two. I couldn't tell you a single thing about Canada. I couldn't pass a Canadian citizenship exam to save my life. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. So what happens when you become a citizen? I'm a citizen, just like you. They can't kick me out. I'm permanent. You can't kick me out. And, and a lot's going to change. I'm going to start swearing on Facebook. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to... What? <laughs> I'm going to express how I feel. Like, honestly, it's been a big... It's been holding me back creatively and expressively. <laughs> Why is it not playing? The laptop? Yeah. <laughs> Dumb laptop. <laughs> but no... Yeah, like, I want to be, finally, I want to be an American, you know? I want to have all the rights anyone else would want. I want to go on jury duty. I want to be able to vote. Jury duty? Yeah, I can't do any of that. I signed up for selective service, and I can't, but I can't go, like, I can't vote in an election. I can't. So a convicted felon has more right on American yeah. soil than you do. Yep. You've never been arrested? Nope. I'm a contributing member of society. Pay taxes? Yeah. Do you get more taxes taken out? No. It's the same. So you're saying goodbye to Canada. No, I'll still be a dual citizenship. Oh, you get the dual citizen. So if you get bad cancer, God forbid, yeah. bidding, you can go to Canada. Yep, no questions asked. Is your mom Canadian? I know she's Jamaican descent. No, she's Jamaican-Canadian. She has dual citizenship for that. And here? Mm, she doesn't have it here yet. She, she just reapplied for a green card. You don't like your national anthem? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's something I, I've genuinely dealt with. It's it's held me back in a lot of ways. Uh, in terms of having shame or? No, just expressing myself. Because everything's recorded. Everything's monitored. Like, I was scared they were going to bring up my internet history. with all <laughs> You know, with all the NSA talks? You never know. They're like, what did you mean when you Googled this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was scared. I was genuinely scared. Really? Yeah. Now, when you were in your meeting, was it with someone with a suit or was it a police officer? It was someone with a suit. He's also gun? a fellow. He's what? They have a gun? No. It, was it a nice building? Was it clean? Yeah, it's a... Uh, go? It's the immigration building of, off of 200 oh, East. One. See? I wouldn't even know they had yeah, one. Yeah, they have one. It's off 200 East. Do you have to see a judge? Uh, No, but I get sworn in by one at my ceremony, I think. Do you get a plaque? They give you a certificate and a little American flag. How come I don't have one of those? I don't know. You were born here? I don't, I don't accept the idea that naturalized American citizens don't get a certificate. No, I am a naturalized. What do you mean? I'm the one that's naturalized. You're a bo American born. Right. Your birth certificate is your certificate. The, uh, You're not, you, you get you get what is your what does it say? Do you know what it says? Uh my internet's <laughs> down or else I look so it up. What do I type? Just type in a certificate of citizenship. Okay. See what pops up. I can't my internet's down on my computer. Yeah, sure. But yeah, it's it's been a it's been a big fear of mine that I've had for a couple years now because America's really important to me. I love it here. I don't want to go anywhere else. You know, so I've had to be, and it's very torn because there's a lot that I want to say, that I want to express about this country that I just can't wait to say as, as soon as I'm officially an American, you know? Like what? Like, like I don't know. Anything that I have an like opinion on. Like kind of like what George Carlin would say in his comedy. Maybe. Like, maybe. Or just like an, um, an unpopular opinion, you know? Maybe I have one. Maybe I don't. I don't know. You know, I just want the option to have it. 
it's not even that I have like it's not that I'm holding back like what I really feel. I just I I I can't even afford myself the opportunity to even think about it. You see. So what happens if we? How old are you? I'm 26. So we go into work because you're still eligible for selective service and the draft. Yeah. yeah. So what happens if we go to war? Do you go to Canada or do you? I'm not that. Let's say in a World War Three, since we're already in war and we're drafted. Yeah. I would. Oh, here we go. Well, honestly, I'd probably get out of it just being as a conscientious objector, but I would go if I had to. You know, would you? Or would you run away? I don't fight in war, so yeah. I don't. Be- I, I don't would be a conscientious objector. So. Yeah, I'm not really. All I'm seeing is birth certificates. Yeah. When you get it, because I know that. I'll you, tweet it, Instagram it, all that stuff. Yeah, but send me a message so that I see it. Yeah, you can come to the ceremony if you want. Seriously, if you want to come. Are you gonna have a big party? Why? I just. Have You're not a, getting crunked. Uh, You're maybe not you twerk? know, you know, if it's in a month or two, yeah, maybe I'll have a little get together at my house. To celebrate, maybe. <laughs> so, I don't get it. Why don't, don't get what? Wha- How long have you you've been here for? Twenty six years. Twenty four years. Twenty four. Yeah, about twenty four years. Why now? Because I can afford it now. It's very expensive. How much? Like seven hundred bucks. It's a lot of money to throw down. How many people become citizens every year? I don't know. You could look it up. There's probably a statistic. I don't want to. Thousand people, maybe like I don't know, a couple thousand people. It's it's a long process. I mean, I started my application back in July. Weird. Yeah. That's what been six months. Yeah, and I did that right when my my green card expired in July. So I turned in the application the same day, my green card expired. And so you get a temporary green card. Well, the green card itself doesn't matter because you're a permanent resident. Yeah. Uh, through a green card, so it's like. It's not like a temporary visa. It's not a visa. It's like, I'm a resident. I have a green card. I just have to renew it like every s- 10 years. So you're eligible for Medicaid and Medicare yeah. right now? Yeah. And then when you pay tuition at the U, do you pay the residency or non-residency? I'm a resident. I've lived in Utah more than six months. That's all you need for residency. S- it's a year. I was told six months. So why do they... It was six months at UVU. Maybe it's a year here. I just don't understand why it's a big deal. Why getting my citizenship? Why is such a comp? Why are you just when you come here you're not a citizen? What what's a big deal exactly? So they charge you all this money, they make you take a test, and then you become a citizen. Yeah. Seems like a dumb process. Yeah. Seems like a waste of money. Um, we gotta go to break because I gotta flip the recorder. So, you know, like always, thanks for listening. Tell me how phones up. Louder. And welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio is Mr. Sasha Bloom. Hello, people. Also, on the phone, we have... Patrick Ramirez. Patrick, how's it going, man? Wait, Patrick. Hello? Can you hear me? Uh, how about now? Patrick? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me, guys? Yes, sir. How yeah, are there you? we go. How are you, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me, guys. What's going on? I'm curious to find out what's going on with uh, a comedy scene at the University of Utah, which you're a part of. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is what's going down. Now I'm kind of learning about this myself, but yeah, <laughs> that's how we roll at the U, bud. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what's going on at university. But I'm gonna go over there and talk to some people. But um, yeah, there's a comedy club at the University of Utah, and they are having their first show uh, ever tomorrow night. Nice. Where's it at? And, uh, it's uh, it's at the. Uh, Student Union and uh, myself are going to be on it, and some other real funny folks. What but, time? Um, Andy Farnsworth is hosting it, and he does this really kind of cool improv show, and they kind of have an open mic style thing that happens after it. So, Andy's yeah, I think, great. Uh, I think it's worth checking out. Students and uh, non-students, I guess. Is it free? It is, yeah. What time is this at? Because I have class tomorrow night. I'd much rather uh, go watch you guys instead of being in class. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's great philosophy, by the way. Um, <laughs> Got to keep it real. Seven, seven o'clock Thursday night. Oh yeah, I know what I'm doing at seven. I'm walking right out that classroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. There's myself and uh, Jay Whitaker is always funny. Oh, is Jonathan he going to be there? Lamar Kellywood. I mean, it's just a few in there. Uh, and Andy runs a really cool show. If you haven't seen it before, it's a cool kind of improv comedy thing. Um, that's really fun. He does a good job with it. No, I'm definitely going to be there. I got a question to ask Jay Whitaker. He lied to me on my airwaves, and I'm <laughs> <laughs> I got to bust him up about that. So. Yeah, he he probably could he probably could be dive deep into that that topic pretty good. <laughs> so how are your holidays? How's uh, comedy going? It's been about a month or so since we've seen you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, holidays were good, man. My folks uh, came here. Nice. Salt Lake. Yeah, we celebrated uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, my two, my mom and dad and uh, my younger brother were just kicking it in the uh, SLC. But I mean, it was good. I mean, I got like. I think everybody has this, but like I got like crazy parents. Yeah, you know, like they are before. Like I thought they were just kind of silly, quirky. Uh, they're certified crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> they are crazy folks. So it's like a big event to like just go to Smith's, you know, or like figure out where the train stops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it's weird, like, if you haven't lived with your folks in a long time, then you forget how, how odd they are. And then you see them, and you're like, oh, my God, these, these people are nuts. I live with these people. <laughs> yeah. My dad does a thing where, like, my dad is, like, successful business, all that stuff, refuses to spend a dime. <laughs> He's, like, talented at being cheap. <laughs> yeah. like, we, went to a, we went to a restaurant. And and this is like classic. My dad, he orders a margarita, and they're like, "What kind of tequila would you like?" And he instantly, before the waiter finishes talking, he's like, "This is the cheapest you got. Cheapest you got." And the waiter instantly would be like, "Okay, well that's gonna be the Don Julio or whatever." And he'd be like, "Is that the cheapest? That one." Well, <laughs> he's telling you it's cheapest. <laughs> that's how he operates, though. <laughs> Never change. Where do your parents live? They live in Texas, in El Paso, Texas. So they came up instead of you going down there. That means you had to cook and clean and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you agree yeah, with they, that? Yeah, I or? come here like every other every other year, every third year. I sort of come here and I go there usually. But uh, yeah, it was good. So like Thanksgiving, like you got to watch the Dallas Cowboy game, you know, and that's like that's important. So 
is that's it? That's what Thanksgiving goes <laughs> if, like, you're from where I'm from. You have Thanksgiving dinner at halftime. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. But it was good. How was, how was you guys' holidays? What do you guys do? Um, no, I just went out of town, went to St. George, stayed at my uh, girlfriend's cabin. Oh, nice. Yeah, it, it was great. It was great to get away. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been cool here. I, I like Thanksgiving and fall. I mean, we're full on winter now, but it was nice. It's nice late November. So what are you, um, how do you prepare your set list for your shows? Just to talk about comedy real quick. Just like, uh, you mean like uh, like a comedy show or like this thing that Andy's doing? Like either or. Like how do you, what do you, how do you prepare for a performance? Uh, well, for me, um, I would say like I I'm, was never a good writer <laughs> or uh, or inherently a good performer but i mean i i think i think most people are like this i i react to most things yeah. so if something happens in the news or i see a movie or sports you know and then i can get my reactions down that's usually the base of what of what kind of like i'm gonna talk about you know i got mm-hmm. a few ideas i'm gonna put them together so yeah i think i'm i primarily react things and things like that but what's kind of cool about tomorrow night's uh, show if you haven't seen it basically what Andy does he's got like a, a TV monitor or something and the comic is going to do you know four or five minutes and he's just going to put a phrase up on the screen and the comic is going to just go off off the cuff and do like a minute on each phrase and then it'll change to another one so it's really kind of like you don't know what's going to happen it's kind of a cool cool idea you can see these guys kind of think on their feet i yeah i did that show once it's it's pretty interesting like he gave me a lot of random topics <laughs> yeah 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 and the topics are not normal it's not like grocery store it's like something very unusual it'd be like midget grocery store so like it takes like <laughs> a minute just to be like who wrote this yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it always so, shocks me <laughs> yeah yeah so like you're seeing it the comic the guy performing is seeing it the instant the audience is so the audience can see the topic too yeah so so yeah you're seeing the instant you're sort of just right there in it and uh and then these guys are i mean are so good with it so it's cool it's gonna be a fun time yeah i'm uh, i wish i could go i have to work or else i'd be there no, you gotta quit that job, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the answer to that is quit. Quit <laughs> watch, uh, watch has, me ramble about God knows what. He has such the greatest opportunity to have like the viral video "I Quit" job because he works on live television and he's behind the scenes. Yeah. And I'd love to just watch Johnny run up in the middle of the anchor desk and do something <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Just kick that the laptop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, kiss any career in television goodbye after that. Yeah. Like, weren't be... you that guy who flipped out on local news? Yeah. Like, yeah, that was me. I got 70 likes on that. I'll, I'll but then but then I'm in the office and I'm like, well, I got us 100 million views. Ratings yeah, technically you know. went up. Spin it. Spin it in your favor. Be like, guys, I did more for you than you know. You remember that kid in North Dakota television that his first word on – Live television was the F word. Is that the boom goes the dynamite? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. I don't think it was the boom goes the dynamite. It was just a couple of months ago. But he got a Today Show offerings, not to work, but he was on there the next day. He was on Regis and Michael the next day. Wow. 
I really see tremendous opportunity for you uh, to sabotage my career, yes, sir. <laughs> I, so, so get my career forward by going backwards, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> there you go. Sometimes yeah. you got to take a step back and take a step forward. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody says that. Don't don't go off of that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Pat, where's your uh, what's your Twitter handle, man? My Twitter handle is you can tweet me at Patrick in my head. That's my Twitter. And uh, what's your uh, website, Facebook, all that stuff? Oh, uh, you can find me with my name on uh, Facebook is my main thing, Patrick Ramirez. How do you spell Ramirez? R A M I R E Z. How do you spell Patrick? I don't even know that. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a there's a G in there. P A T R I C K. Got a K. It's not one of those weird Patricks with just a C. That is weird. It's a real it's a real deal. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, calling in. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks I for having me. I guarantee you, you I'm leaving class at seven o'clock to get over there. So. Awesome. Sweet, see bud. You there, yeah. See you tomorrow. All bye. right. Bye, guys. Bye. bye. Yeah, I like Patrick, man. I've, I always, I've always liked him. So I've been on three different University of Utah websites mm-hmm. to try to find this event. Yeah. I don't see it anywhere. Oh, no, man. We're grassroots. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm at the ASUU website. I've been at the home website for mm-hmm. utah.edu. And I've been at the Student Union Opine Building website. Yeah, no mention. We really need some kind of communications expert. Yes. Or something. We need to get these marketing students marketing. Yeah. It's insane how no one knows what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I try to get the message out there. I mean, look at this. Like, our show. Like, people don't know about our show. People don't know about, like, what's going on on campus. I, like, I was an events coordinator, and I had to spend so much time looking for events Sasha, because oh. it's not like centralized. It's like all over the place. How about this? We can't even fill up a football stadium with students. Yeah. The, must, the last two games, I don't know, 60% full in the must. Really? Yeah. I mean, men's basketball, 6,500 people. Wow. I think that's about the highest, 7,000 for an 18,000 stadium. That's really? embarrassing. Really? Yeah, the students here in this generation have no commitment to being a youth. Well, maybe they just don't know. Also, there's so many more distractions. No, now. they're. it's what we talked about in the first hour. It's that selfishness. You think so? It's not willing to be part of the community. Yeah. It's it's all about me, 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 me. I don't have this. I don't have that. If mommy doesn't do this, I throw a temper tantrum. Yeah. And I got to go buy new Converse, and my jeans got to get tighter. And that's why they're not at a football game. Yeah. You think so? It's all about me, yeah. Well, what about all these different events? Like, Malcolm Gladwell was here. Like, I found out about Malcolm Gladwell being here because I bought Dave Chappelle tickets off of, like, their Brevenal Hall website. I didn't know Malcolm Gladwell was coming here from this campus. When I walked around, there was barely any signs about it. I didn't even know where to go for graduation. I knew nothing about it. Even though they were sending me emails, they were written so poorly that I would just throw them away because it's like... He'd print them out and throw them away. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> I just, it you know, pisses at, me off. At UVU, they have this thing called One Stop. It's where, it's the circle thing where, you know, you get your financial paperwork, yep. you meet with a counselor, you get your admission. It's all in one building and it's all in a, uh, what is that, a roundabout? Well, the whole campus is an in- internal roundabout. And then you can call someone and they'll route you to exactly where you need to be. 
we don't have anything like that here, and it's so like frustrating. Like when I first came here, the U was so daunting and confusing and just a hassle trying to get from like one piece of paperwork to another. Like it was a nightmare. So here's I failed at this university the first time. Yeah. I succeeded the second time around. And it strictly had to do with me being lazy the second time around. And let me explain my really my interesting lethar- my lethargy. You've got my you've got my attention. I made all my counselors do all the paperwork. Yeah. I said, you fill out my class schedule, you do this, I'm not touching it because the first time I was taking classes that had nothing to do with my major, and there were no preventative measures or someone looking out for me because we have 33,000 kids. What about your DARS? Did they not have a DARS then? Oh, sure they did, but it's you have almost have to be a professional. You have to be a professional DARS reader to understand it, or you have to be four years in until it finally clicks in. At least for yeah. dummy like me. Yeah, DARS pretty much was pretty much the most useful thing for me. But I didn't care about. I made my financial uh, scholarship advisors. My communication advisors, you do it. That's what you get paid for. Mm-hmm. And I'd go in three, four times a year, and I would just show up at the classes that they scheduled for me. And it shouldn't be that difficult, you know. Yeah. I, I enjoy the University of Utah, but at the same time, I have been consistently disappointed with my peers, whether it's in the work project group, whether it's in classroom assignments, because they don't care. Well, I thought about that too, and th- that's kind of the disadvantage you have being an older student. Because this university caters to the the eighteen to twenty two year olds, you know. Yeah. And like, I think you being an older, more mature person, you know, it's 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 almost to your disadvantage to have to work with, you know, nineteen, eighteen, seventeen, twenty two year old students because so they just don't share the same value system. When I was you know, negotiating with the Pac-12 networks. They said one of the reasons why we really enjoyed you was because you were a non-traditional student. Because the students that are in the younger age groups throughout the 12 campuses don't have a work ethic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a network telling this to me. That's not Sasha creating stuff. And it's so present on this campus. Trying to work with other students it's something I'm so grateful I never have to do in three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, Sasha, why don't you come and do radio for KU next semester? It's like, well, can I get a teammate that's passionate about radio? It's tough. You know, and I'd love to do it, but if I'm going to put three hours live, right, just mm-hmm. for the show, a couple hours of building the show, and then three to five hours of post – well, I need a co-host that's going to do that, too. Mm-hmm. And it's just from listening and observing, it's a hell of a task. So it is. anybody who would like to co-host a radio show with me uh, next semester, get at me on Twitter. Uh, get a hold of Will Hatton, and he can email to mm-hmm. me. I won't give my email Do they have out. to be a student? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do. Uh, or if you're just an amazing talent, we'll find yeah. you a spot. You know, we'll make a three-person show. Definitely. But uh, male, female, all you got to do is be articulate, creative, and show up on time. And this is kind of the big reason why I have to leave, because I cannot dedicate the time that needs to make great radio. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I can't do it anymore. And I don't want you. I don't want the quality of the show to suffer. I don't want. I don't want to ever phone it in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to come in here cold. 
not prepared because I'm overworked. Like, it's just not fair. It's not fair to both of us. No. What day is the date? Today's the 5th? Today's the 4th. Okay, so I'm at the union.utah.edu union calendar page on the web. Mm-hmm. So they have a big comedy thing tomorrow, Thursday the 5th at 7 o'clock. Yep. Guess what's on the calendar for Thursday, December 5th? Hmm. Nothing. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> a shame. <laughs> so no one knows about this show. No. Wow. I mean, unless you're listening to us right now. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see any poster boards downstairs. No. And Andy, he's a he's a he's getting his master's here. Is he? Yeah. You should talk to him tomorrow. We should do radio. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? You should talk to Andy. Yeah. I will. Yeah. Andy's a great guy. I like Andy a lot. Is Jay Whitaker taking classes? No. 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 Yeah, Andy Andy's uh, one of my favorite he's people a big in comedy. Kid, right? Redhead kid. He's tall, he's about my height. Yeah. Glasses. Good guy. Hmm. Yeah. I'll show you his picture after Is this. Is Tate still a student here? No. No. Because I never got that out of him. Like, I was listening to our interview yeah. over the break. And I was asking it. it no definitive answers yeah, for him. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's pop the break. We're yeah. going to come back here in a minute. We're going to close off the show. At 5 o'clock, we have What's on the Sheets with Ryan Meeks. Yep. A.K.A. Fusion Radio. Yeah. All right. And uh, we'll be able to finally see our... Uh, our intern that we haven't seen in Yeah, time. where is our intern? He I should be here by now. You would think. I think yeah. he quit on us. He may have. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is all you radio and uh, thank you for listening. Yep. Welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio is Mr. Underscore Bloom. Like always, you can follow us at Johnny McKeon and Old Ute Radio with Johnny McKeon and Sasha Bloom on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKeon. Shut up, Sasha. No, I, I like the pause, sir. <laughs> like it took me a minute. I'm all turned around. Why? That's just I'm just what all turned around know? today. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I, I there's so much changes going on in my life. It's just I'm all I'm, I'm excited all, for you. I am too. It's 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 daunting but but exciting. So I have a question for you. Yep. One of my least favorite times of the year is the Christmas season and Thanksgiving and I'll even throw Fourth of July because all radio personalities go on extended leaves of absence, leaving their listener with no content. Yep. I'm a Big fan of the ONA show, Opie and Anthony. I pay about $10 a month to listen to their show. Mm-hmm. And I go through audible.com, which is an Amazon site, right? Yeah, uh, owned by Amazon. Yes. They weren't started by Amazon, but Correct. they were bought out. Yes. yes. And so they've been doing this new thing for about the last month and a half where you never got the show live, but about 5 o'clock Mountain Time, you could get your download of ONA. Yeah. And so that's what I'd have to listen to throughout the night when I didn't have friends or girlfriend or whatever. I could just listen to ONA while I'm cleaning or doing homework or whatever. Yeah. And so recently in the last month and a half, they're not consistently giving you December 4th show on December 4th. Really? Sometimes it's coming out on the 5th or the 6th looking forward. They're slacking. Yes. And so today, today's show came out. 
but yesterday's didn't. So well, before you start, what's their schedule? Are they Monday through Friday? Monday through Friday, okay. six to ten East Coast time. Okay. Yeah. So and uh, so when does that show normally drop? Six to ten p.m. or a.m. a.m. Yeah, morning drive. So then you usually get it what around about five my time. About five o'clock your yeah, time. Yeah, okay. solid eight hours. You yeah. know, which is fine. Doesn't bother me. I don't. I don't have the serious satellite subscription so i don't mind getting a late feed plus i like to listen to a morning talk show um in the morning yeah sport talk show but it's just why can't you give me yesterday's show like i listened to monday's show so i'm not supposed to listen to their life today or yesterday i have to start from today i don't like that 24-hour pickup Jimmy Norton can get in a lot of trouble yeah. in that 24-hour time. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that what's the issue? Why aren't they getting it to you, do you think? Because someone at Sirius, from, my, from what Audible tells me, is that the people who upload the show at Sirius to Audible server aren't doing it. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And you know, working in radio, it's not hard to upload anything. It really like you have to be the laziest person in the world. It's <laughs> point and click. Upload a show. <laughs> it's point and click. Yeah. I don't really know how yeah. else to explain. And it. so O and A went dark Thursday to Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'd already listened to all their live shows, and I really don't like going back and listening to a month-old show. And I keep about a month on my phone. Yeah. So I'm listening, and I dropped a couple of podcasts I was listening to. Some that you know, are very Salt Lake. I just can't do it. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, the production's not good or they're phony or they steal from us. Whatever it is, I don't like, don't want to participate. Okay. So I'm looking around, trying to find, trying to stay away from the Mark Murins and all those stuff. You know, a good podcast, my personal favorite, it's called The Crab Feast. Crab Feast. Bad yeah. name, but okay. Yeah, it's a, it's, a sh- it's, a, it's a show where just comedians sit around and just tell stories. It's uh, it's very funny. Um, Sorry, I had to throw. Yeah, it's got Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson. I'll I'll tweet out the link and you guys can check it out. But um, it's one of my it's personally one of my favorite podcasts because mm-hmm. it's just it's very pure. They just hang out, tell stories, and laugh. You know, that's interesting to me. Yeah. So, anyways, I was uh, I've been listening a lot to the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. That's a fun one. I think he's fantastic. Yeah. I, he's. A professional storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been doing it in the ring for 30 years or whatever. And he's got a great vernacular because he's got the Texan accent. Yeah. Like he calls his show, I'm opening up a can of audio whoop ass. Yeah. And he goes, Psh! Yeah. It's fantastic, right? It's yeah. clever. It works. And so he had some rustling journalists on. So I went over to their podcast, whatever. There's nothing I like listening. So I go over to him. And they want to charge me. They'll give me the first hour of content for free. Which, and then I have to become a monthly member. And how much is that? Ten bucks. Ten bucks a month? Yeah, and they were doing a Black Friday deal for a, mo- a dollar for the month. Wow. Right? Yeah. But the content's not good. Ten bucks a month? Yeah. I pay ten bucks a year for Mark Merritt. See, I pay ten bucks a month. Oh, he charges. Yeah. Yeah, he charges. You have to pay so. through PayPal's. Uh, they have a through Libsyn. See that? That's an immediate turnoff. I I want to pay with my debit card. Oh no! You can pay with your debit card through Libsyn. 
if that makes sense. Yeah, I've never been on Lipson, yeah. but it's just like yeah. a PayPal. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you just you pay for it normal, like with your card. Yeah. You set up an account and you pay it, and then yeah, it's just ten bucks. I pay for Jay Moore and for Mark Marion, and I just support them because both yep. of those podcasts p- really put me on the path to where I am. So I like to support them. See, you know? I do that for ONA. I finally, s- I used to torrent. Yeah. Uh, back when torrenting was allowed six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. I, I just booted the heck out of it. Yeah. But when they started tightening up, I said, you know what? I will pay for ONA. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got to support, you know, the people you believe in. And, yeah. You know, I learned a lot from Mark Marin, like those interviews, you know, it, they got me through some hard times when I was a night janitor. I'd listen to all those podcasts. It just frustrates me when you have people on there that, don't know how to broadcast where you get the long pauses you get like complete silence on the air you they don't know how to ask questions right it just when um 10 bucks a month is a lot of money i mean it's 120 bucks a year even kevin smith i think he charges like five bucks a month and he does like 50 shows (laughs) (laughs) that's ridiculous i wouldn't pay that much no and it's just ridiculous i don't Chris Holyfield, when he was in, mm-hmm. he said that radio's too long. Yeah, three hours is too long for someone to listen, and that you should be about an hour, hour and ten minutes. I totally disagree with that platform. I think most podcasts are so poorly produced that sitting through an hour is long. And I'm not getting on him. I think he, I think for this market in Salt Lake City, I think production wise. He's very decent. There's mm-hmm. stuff that I think I could improve on by his, uh, you know, if I worked with him. But <laughs> throwing gang signs again, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just, I don't, I, I'm getting bored with podcasts. I'm getting yeah. bored of not hearing professional uh, broadcasters. Do you listen to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History? No, but someone was telling me about how how bad that was yeah it's i was just I was curious your opinion that yeah, his voice that's what i was asking because like it's, it's one of the highest rated downloaded podcasts yeah one of my best friends uh she was i picked her up from the airport the other day and she was telling me oh my god i just spent six hours listening to his show he's what like you, sorry keep going go ahead what do you think about corolla's podcast because he does it in his own like studio okay corolla's great for 30 minutes yeah i think he's a brilliant storyteller but he falls off after 30 minutes. Yeah. And he did that on Loveline. He did that with his television show. He did that with... I loved his Carpentry sh- television show where he went in and built old houses. Yeah. I think Adam Carolla has personality, charisma. He's brilliant. He's a professional broadcaster. Yeah. I think he's fantastic on radio, but he has to have... He's the guy sitting in my chair. He's not a broadcaster. I, I want a professional broadcaster in your seat, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If we're taking on a one and two angle. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's why he works so well with Dr. Drew on Loveline because Dr. Drew controlled the show. Yeah. And he chimed in. He's yeah. a comic. He ran punch up. That's what it, that's what I call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You come on and you talk and you crack yeah. jokes and yeah. See, uh, Patrice O'Neill when he had the Black Phillip show. Mm-hmm. He. It didn't work because he was sitting number one. Yeah. Right. When he, it, I just thought that he was always better chiming in. Yeah. You know. Uh, if you guys want to throw us some feedback, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Facebook. 
Old Eat Radio, Johnny McCann, Social Bloom. You can message me. Uh, just find my Facebook, Johnny McCann. I'm the black guy smiling. Um, I'm, I'm the only black Johnny McCann on Facebook. Um, <laughs> uh, and on that note, I bid you guys adieu. Sasha, you got anything else you want to say? Yeah, if you're interested in becoming a host with me next semester, we can certainly start negotiating. So. And don't forget to check out this comedy show tomorrow. Yes. 7 p.m. Is it Student Union? Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. So.